Welcome to the CMC podcast. CMC is one of Brisbane and Australia's leading Bible colleges. We combine a dedication to Christian truth with a passion for spirit life and a commitment to academic excellence. You'll be hearing from a variety of students, lecturers, pastors and team here at CMC. We pray that these episodes inspire you and help you to influence your world for good and for God. Enjoy! Hey everyone, my name is Alison Gray and I'm on team here at City Point Ministry College. And today we're going to be looking at the death and burial of Jesus Christ as we continue our Easter devotional series. But before we can look at the death of Jesus Christ rightly, we actually have to take a step back. We actually have to look at the three hours before Jesus passed. Now in the Bible, we read that in those last three hours that a darkness fell on the land. Now this was a darkness that we've tried to make sense of logically in our own earthly understanding, but because of the time, the location, it actually, there's no reason that it should have been dark in that moment. It actually still should have been light. But what we saw was a darkness fall on the land. Now this was a darkness that we've seen before in the Bible, much like in Egypt, three days of darkness that symbolized God's judgment coming on the people. Now here we see that same darkness coming, but it's not on the land, it's not on the people. It's actually the judgment of Jesus Christ. Now we know that Jesus was sinless. He lived a perfect life. So what was there to judge him for? In that moment, Jesus was carrying the full weight of all of our sins, all of humanity's sins, or being rightly judged in the person of Jesus in those final hours. Now, I know that we can understand that conceptually or theologically, we can understand that in that moment, Jesus was atoning for our sins, but it's not an abstract thing. Your sins, my sins, in that moment, Jesus was carrying the full judgment for. Every single time that you've missed the mark, every single time you've fallen short, and even every single decision you've actively made, every choice you've made to sin against other people or against God, the full weight of judgment for those things was being carried in Jesus Christ in those final hours. Now, we know the heart of God. We know that Jesus wasn't just doing that out of obligation. He wasn't doing that because that was the system, that was how things had to be. He was doing that out of love, out of love for you, love for you specifically. And we know that this love that God was embodying in this whole series of events, it wasn't, it wasn't just a thing he had to do. It was actually a love that he was choosing to partake of. It was a love that he was choosing to demonstrate. You know, no one could take Jesus's life from him. Only he could lay it down. And in those final moments, he himself chose to lay down his life for us. In Luke's account, we read his final words. Jesus says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And it was only at that moment that Jesus breathed his final breath. Right up until the end, this was an active choice. God making an active choice on your behalf for your benefit. 
Now, the response from the earth was so significant as this happened. We see that the earth shook. We see that rocks cracked open. We see that tombs were opened up. And we see that the veil in the temple was torn. Now, for those who don't know, the veil in the temple, it was actually this thing that separated the holy place of the temple from the most holy place. Now, it was a very secret, very exclusive place. And um, only the priest could go in there. And behind the veil, there was the Ark of the Covenant. In the Ark was the um, Ten, Ten Commandments on the tablets. And then there was the mercy seat covering the Ark of the Covenant. And it was on this mercy seat that God's presence would actually manifest to meet with his people. It was the same presence that Moses himself had engaged with, God on the mercy seat. But not just anyone could go up to the mercy seat. You and I, we wouldn't have been allowed to just walk in and waltz up. In fact, there was a lot of specific rituals and things that needed to be done. So each year on the Day of Atonement, the priest would offer bulls and goats as sacrifices for the sins of the people. He'd have to do this every single year because as we know, the blood of bulls and goats couldn't actually do away with our sin. It could just cover us for a little bit of time until we had to go through the whole ritual and process again. So what we actually see in the death of Jesus was a new offering, a new sin offering. He himself was replacing the system of bulls and goats that could never really cut it. He himself was our sin offering, atoning for us, atoning for our sins. He himself was the great high priest coming before God on our behalf, pleading for our forgiveness. He himself was the mercy seat, the place where we could commune with God. And so when we read that the veil was torn, it wasn't just this random metaphorical act. It was this literal physical demonstration of this new covenant, this new way. It was a representation of the new coming. The old was done away with. It was completely fulfilled. We no longer needed this veil, this separation from God. We ourselves could now approach God because of what Jesus had done for us in his death. And it's this death that actually gives us a full assurance of our faith. You know, it speaks later of how if the resurrection didn't happen, then our faith and our preaching is useless. But we know for sure from the biblical accounts that Jesus did die and Jesus was buried. And later there is a resurrection that came. When we read of the burial of Jesus, it was actually meant to be quite a shameful burial. You know, because Jesus was tried as a criminal, he wasn't actually permitted the normal customs that he should have been granted. So there was a lot of prophecies and things spoken about his burial that technically shouldn't have even come to pass, but they all did because of this one man named Joseph. Now, Joseph was a rich man and he believed in um, the kingdom coming but he couldn't admit this to anyone because of his fear of the Jews. And so what he did actually is after Jesus passed, is he approached Pilate and begged for the body of Jesus for whatever reason this was granted to him. So then Joseph went out and he purchased clean linen cloths. And then Nicodemus came and joined and he brought a hundred Roman pounds of aloe and myrrh. 
And together they went through and they prepared Jesus's body for burial, much like the traditional Jewish custom. It was quite a dignified, quite an honorable preparation. And then Jesus shouldn't have been buried in an honorable place either, but Joseph was the owner of a tomb. Now it was a rich man's tomb and he gave up his tomb for Jesus's body. So Jesus is placed in the tomb and then because the Jews know about the prophetic promise that Jesus would rise again, they were quite scared actually that the disciples would um, trick everyone, they'd steal Jesus's body and fake a resurrection. So they've sealed up the tomb and then they've stationed guards out the front. So by all accounts, we know that Jesus was in fact dead on the cross and Jesus was in fact buried. And it's this burial that sets the stage for the greatest miracle to come, the resurrection. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CMC podcast. Let us know what you thought by leaving us a review. You can connect with us on social media at City Point Ministry College or head to cmc.edu.au to find out more about who we are.